Hello and welcome to Our Creative Intuition, a podcast for you who create and live between worlds. As an intuitive and creative, you have unique challenges and gifts to offer the world. Your sensitivity and creations matter. Our creative intuition is your soothing, affirming companion for those long hours creating the work of your soul. Most of these episodes will be just me being your companion on your journey with energy and creativity. Sometimes I'll bring other inspiring friends and guests along, and sometimes I'll also have episodes that are just sound bath meditations. My name's Megan, and I'm an artist, creativity guide, energy healer, and meditation facilitator, and founder of Dreams of Source, a space for creative empaths and intuitives living between worlds, cultures, and borders. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. So for today, I want to talk about this idea of creating our own sense of inner safety from within ourselves, from within our own inner landscapes, and four simple ways we can do this. I think in this modern life, this current life that we're living in, I think it's so important while we are bombarded every day with so much information from social media, from traditional media, all of these opinions and energies, personalities circulating within the ether, and the speed of how life is moving these days, and all of the challenges that we're facing as humanity. I think it is so, so important to create our own sense of anchoring within ourselves, to be able to trust that no matter what life throws our way, we know how to create our own sense of inner safety, our own inner sanctuary, our own inner haven, and that we can trust ourselves that when we come home within ourselves, when we, when we go inside of ourselves, we can create and provide for all of our needs, you know, whether that's emotional, spiritual, physical, etc., and learning to trust that. You know, I feel this is especially important today, especially for our generation, because life isn't really easy these days. Apart from all of the challenges that we're faced with as humanity, you know, all of the crises, collective challenges that are really on our plates as a generation. Day-to-day life is also incredibly fast-paced, more fast-paced than previous generations for sure, and it is incredibly pressure-filled, and we are also more bombarded with the speed of information. And these days, almost everyone is broadcasting their own voice, their own perspectives and opinions, which is a beautiful thing, 
But without that anchoring within ourselves, it's a bit difficult to find what's really right for us and to find our center. And like an anchorless or rudderless thing, we can get caught or swept away in just any current that flows through our lives just in front of us. I think it's so important to be able to create these tools, these practices, these rituals, and these things to consider for creating our own sense of inner anchoring, inner centering, inner safety. While creating external change is important, change starts within ourselves. And if we can take care of the many parts within ourselves, if we can nurture and take care of our inner landscape, and in turn, trust that our inner landscape is something that we can fall back into to get what we need to fuel ourselves, to feed ourselves, then we can build that inner trust that we can always rely on ourselves and in turn have the inner resources to respond to whatever life throws our way. To be able to respond, not react, and to make choices from a place of clarity, from a place of coherence, from a place of alignment. If we have established inner safety within ourselves, it's easier to discern when we are coming from a place of being triggered versus coming from a place of responding, from a place of intuition from a place of clarity and from a conscious choice that we're making in each moment. We're able to discern what stream of consciousness, what knowledge, what tool, what wisdom is really right for us, and what's not really right for us, what perspective we can just release, or what's really in resonance within us. And at the end of the day, we're able to take care of our needs. And once we know what those are, it's actually easier to request those out of our loved ones. That's where boundaries come in. You know, it's really hard to set boundaries when we don't know ourselves, when we don't know our inner landscape. So there are many benefits to this. And in no way am I saying that external change isn't needed. I think this episode is all about creating that starting point of inner regulation and inner safety as the baseline that we can fall back into as we create our lives, our dreams, the impact we want to make, and so on. So here are four things that we can look at to reflect on, to think about, to start creating those foundations for our own sense of inner safety within our inner landscapes. Number one is checking your capacity. Whether it's your physical capacity, whether it's your emotional capacity, mental load capacity, time capacity for things. It really is quite game-changing because then you realize, okay, when I'm at low capacity, you know, when you're at low capacity, you know, this is one of those things that you realize once you see this, you will see it in almost every aspect of your life. And it's a really good thing to check into to establish if you can do something, if you can say yes or no to something. And it also gives you a lot of compassion for yourself. 
So an example of this is, say, you have low physical energetic capacity at the moment. Every time you have low energetic physical capacity, you have less energy to be regulated, you will be a little bit more reactive to what's happening around us, you might feel a little bit more overwhelmed by stressors, you might be a little bit grumpy, you know, things might set you off a little bit easier, you know, things might annoy you a bit quicker, but if you are rested, if you are fed, if you're watered, if you've had enough water, if you have had enough sleep, then you have a little bit more energetic capacity, you have more in your tank, and you are less susceptible to feeling like you're about to burst. You know, and it's one of those things that you can look at. How much capacity do I have physically at the moment, emotionally? So have you just gone through a big transition in your life? Are you currently going through a crisis in your relationship? And, you know, are you going through a big life change or a big life stressor? And if yes, your emotional capacity might be low. On the other hand, if you're going through a positive life season at the moment, you're feeling fulfilled, things are a bit more open and flowing, then you have a little bit more emotional capacity and you can handle a little bit more and so on. And so checking in, what is my capacity in this moment? And once you understand your current capacity, giving yourself grace and compassion and understanding to just drop things that you can drop, whether it's, okay, I don't have as much physical capacity at the moment. I might need to feed myself. I might need to sleep more. I might need to give myself an hour where I am not stimulated by my phone, by the internet. Maybe I'll go for a walk, you know, and kind of seeing it from that lens. And also giving yourself compassion if, say, you've experienced an event where you didn't react at your best and really understanding, okay, what was my capacity at the time? Was I really fed, watered? Have I had enough water? Have I slept enough? And, you know, looking at that and giving yourself grace when you were at your low capacity and you reacted in a dysregulated way. So looking at our capacity and reflecting on it and reviewing it is step one of learning how to create inner safety. When we understand not just our short-term capacities energetically, emotionally, physically, but looking at the general overall trends as well of what we have capacity for as an energy being, as a human, we can start reviewing what's really draining for us in our lives, what's really not as life-giving, and then we can make some changes. Your capacity will change as well depending on the season in your life right now. And it's important to give ourselves that grace, that understanding, to know, okay, in this season of life, this is my capacity right now, if you're juggling two jobs, if you're caregiving, your capacity is different to someone who is not doing these things. Give yourself grace, understanding, and compassion by giving yourself your own context of capacity. That's why comparison with others is poison, and this is one of the signs we have work to do to establish inner safety if this is the case. 
And if you have moments like this of comparison, this is okay. This is normal and it's part of our conditioning when we were young. It could be part of our wounding and trauma when we were little. And it's pretty normal that we've been conditioned and raised in this way, where we refer to others for our sense of context. But we can't refer to others for our sense of value, our sense of worth, or self-esteem. Because our own capacities is not based on other people's capacities. This work is internal. Which is empowering because you always have the agency to set the tone for yourself. Number two is getting to know our needs. Now, this is huge because if you're an empath, if you're intuitive, if you're energy sensitive, or if you're healing from patterns of codependency, your inner orientation might have been trained to focus on others' needs first, to be hyper aware of others' needs, others' energetic states, and put your own needs second or sometimes even last. This practice of checking in and really getting to know our needs is really healing, especially for those who are empathic, intuitive, or energy sensitive. And it's really one of the first steps to getting to know or building our own boundaries. It's really one of the first steps. And this work is not just getting to know our needs, it's learning to provide for our own needs first as well. So again, in a journal, in a notepad, in your phone's notepad, just look at your different selves, the different aspects of the self, the physical self, the mental self, the emotional self, your energetic anatomy, your energetic self, and the soul, and look at the different needs of these different parts of you, as well as actually the ego or the personality selves. There are many parts of the personality and they're all tied to the ego or the egoic needs, which are very human. And I will expound on this in a bit, but in your notepad, look at your physical needs. Of course, in the physical, you need food, you need sustenance, you need water, you need movement or exercise, but really establishing what those are. You know, what kinds of foods are energizing, generative for you, which foods are addictive but draining in the long run, or what are the things that nourishes your body? You know, what kind of rest, what kind of movement? Do you like that sort of high-paced, high-octane type of movement that activates you? Or do you find that really draining and do you like more flowy types of movements? You know, walking out in nature, yoga, and so on. So really doing this type of self-inquiry is very, very useful. And then moving on to our mental or intellectual needs. You know, I think for the mind, it's a little bit easier to feed the mind, especially in this landscape of the internet, social media. We are constantly feeding our minds with things that stimulate it, the things that interest us. So things that make us grow, that we find interesting, that make us really engaged and really curious. 
but also if you need that space if you feel like your mind is overloaded does your mind need space and quiet to remove all that stimulation from social media from the online world more peace more calm less distractions Emotions are interesting in terms of providing for the needs of our emotional self because emotions are tied to our personality self or our egoic self, the part of us that's really human. And in society, we haven't really been brought up to take care of our emotional side. You know, we have been conditioned to push away emotions because emotions are bad, to ignore it. And if you've had, you know, authority figures, who have invalidated your emotions that's really deep trauma as well and so starting to see this part of you as really an essential part of you is one of the first steps to learning to provide for the needs of this side of you and because the emotional self is tied to the personality or the ego self the needs of the self is actually this need to be seen to be heard to be accepted you know when we shun our emotions our emotions actually get louder our emotional side gets louder the inner child is part of this it's a primal signal it's the part of us that primarily signals to us what we're okay with, what we're not okay with, where we're wounded from the past. It's also a signal of how close we are to our inner being or our soul or source self or how far away we are to our soul or source self. So when we're experiencing very low emotions, we are very far away from love or the loving self. And this is okay, by the way, <laughs> this is not to fault this side of us, but it is a signal of the distance between our soul self in that moment in time, how close we are to our soul self, or if we have disconnected from this part of us. And it's a really useful signal. So again, the emotional side needs to be seen, it needs to be heard, it needs to be validated, it needs to be protected, and it's not necessarily something that we must look to others to give to us. Of course that will be nice, but just having that soberness, that awareness that not everyone can provide for the nuances of the needs of your emotional self or your egoic self. So really learning to provide those needs from within by doing self-inquiry, journaling, talking to this part of you, really being aware, when am I feeling dysregulated? When am I feeling those big emotions? And really the first step is just awareness, being aware of it welcoming it, not pushing it away, not numbing it. Okay, I'm having a big emotion right now. This is telling me something. I don't need to go into my head to figure out what it's telling me. I just need to see it, listen to it, and let it be here. That's when we meet those three needs. Being seen, being heard, being accepted. And the nature of emotions is that of waves. It really comes and goes. And so letting it ebb and flow, knowing that it's not permanent, letting it pass through your body, it's really, really key. And this is one of the ways where we can provide for the needs of our emotional self from within ourselves, from within our inner landscape. 
you know, there's a lot of talk of dysregulation and regulation right now, and this is part of this work. It's really welcoming in our emotions without acting it out on others, without taking it out on others, without blaming others for it. You know, when you're in that dysregulated state, it's actually hard to analyze what's happening because your systems are flooded. It's hard to get clear. So the first step really when taking care of your emotional side is to witness it for yourself and to allow what's happening to move through you. Again, seeing it, listening to it, seeing, hearing, and accepting it. Our ego just wants to be seen, just wants to be heard, and just wants to be accepted. And if you provide that from within you, it will no longer get louder and scream and act out and project onto others as often, you know, because it happens, but it won't do that as often. And that's one of the steps to self-regulation. And also understanding that the egoic personality side of you is not all of you. It's not a big part of you. It is a small part of you. And there is another self, which is the soul self and then the source self. And so the soul self is the infinite bigger part of us that is much wiser than the personality self. It has a bird's eye view of our life. It is still unique that it has unique codes, it has unique frequencies, but it is a it is a bit more expanded, a whole lot more expanded actually, than the human self. And it is an infinite being, it's an infinite part of you, but it's not the source yet. And so this part of us, the higher self, still has needs, but the needs of the higher self is very, very different to the egoic self. And this is how you differentiate. The higher self doesn't need to be seen, heard, or accepted <laughs> because it already knows it is those things. It's already love incarnate, but it has needs. And the needs of the soul is that of growth, that to keep growing through life experience and to serve, to live its purpose. And the way it does this is very different to the human self and i will go into more detail about the soul self in another podcast episode but just know that the soul self also has needs that we need to listen to and this part of us must take the lead in our lives for us to feel that sense of flow and fulfillment that we really seek as humans the ego cannot take the lead because it doesn't have the bird's eye view so really learn to differentiate, you know, when is the personality really talking? And this is the part of us that really need to be seen, heard, accepted. This is the part of us that acts out when it's not getting those needs met from inside of us. This is the part of us that can be reactive. And all those dysregulated states, trauma states of fight, flight, fawn, or freeze, you know, and really knowing that when our nervous systems are in these states of dysregulation, it's like, okay, this is my personality self that I need to learn to attune to and love. The inner child is part of this. But then you have the soul self that is all about, interested in growth, it's interested in love, it's interested in service. And the way that the soul serves is not 
really what we think of service when it comes to us humans. <laughs> so really understanding that the soul self is driven by purpose, it's driven by growth, it's driven by service through being itself, through its joy. The soul self doesn't really talk in loud voices the way the personality does. It talks in whispers and it talks when you're in the quiet. And so it's really essential to have these moments of quiet to really hear this higher self, this part of you. So really once you've laid out the different parts of yourself and the needs of these different parts of you, it really is an amazing tool for self-awareness. So figuring out, you know, taking the time to provide for those needs of the different selves within you, within your inner landscape. It's such an essential practice and one that really fills you up and strengthens your capacity, which is what we talked about in number one. They go hand in hand. And on that same vein, when your capacity is low, this is when you can see, okay, I need to provide for this essential need that perhaps may be lacking. The third tool, the third way we can create inner safety within ourselves is practicing and increasing our sense of body awareness. Body awareness is so key. This is not about thinking about our body from the intellect or from the mind, but really learning to feel the sensations within our bodies and learning to be with it, learning to be okay with whatever sensations moving through our bodies. This is where tools like meditation and yoga and exercise or grounded nature walking, anything, any somatic practice that makes you be more aware of your body is so, so key in establishing inner safety. I've found that body awareness is really the first port of call to create that sense of, okay, I've come home to myself. I am attuning to what's happening in my body because of this event, because of this moment, because of this person, because of this external thing, and what is going on inside of my body because of an external factor, an external trigger. And this is a practice, this is not something that we can just have immediately. This takes practice, and this is why I really recommend meditation. There are many types of meditations, and it's important to find the type that you feel connected to, that you feel is a little bit easier to practice day to day. If you struggle with breathing meditation, if you struggle with mindfulness meditation, I really recommend sound as a first entry point into meditation because sound really just gets you there in your somatic awareness straight away, bypassing your intellect, bypassing the monkey mind or the busy mind. And you start to practice and attune to or feel or get to know the feeling of high frequencies from the sound and then once you know and remember what those states feel like it's easier to look for them and to replicate them when you're doing normal mindfulness practices or mindfulness meditation 
So things to look out for when you are practicing body awareness, you know, a simple body scan is really, really useful. So having your awareness from your feet, slowly going up to your legs, your pelvis, your sit bones, your womb, your solar plexus, your chest, your throat, your third eye, your crown. If you're attuned to your chakras, this is really important practice being very aware of your chakras from the ground up to energize and cleanse and expand them, activate your energy field. When you do this every day, every three days, every week, with some regularity, what you'll notice is as you get used to just observing the sensations and the feeling inside of your body, you will learn instinctively that this is your anchor for those moments when you face challenging moments. And whenever you're triggered, your system's flooded with electricity. When your system is flooded with wavy, intense energy, you can learn to be with it, to sit with it, without numbing yourself, without pushing it away, or without lashing it out on others or blaming others when you're flooded. In the same vein, with body awareness, you can learn to sense where you're blocked. So, okay, my legs are a little bit, it's feeling a little blocked, my heart is feeling a little blocked, it's feeling a little heavy. Or if you are anxious and overstimulated, okay, you'll start to sense and feel, there's a lot of activity up in my head. There's a lot of stormy energy up in my head and perhaps I need grounding. I need more awareness towards my legs, towards my feet, towards the ground and the earth to anchor that energetic storm that's happening in my upper body. So this body awareness practice is really an important way to create your own inner anchor because no matter what's happening around you, no matter what's happening outside of you, if you can pull your awareness inside of yourself, then you're anchored. Then you can observe, okay, there's a lot of electricity moving through my body. There's a storm happening in my upper body, in my head area. Oh, I'm feeling like some depressive energy. I'm feeling really low and sad. I feel like a heaviness around my body and I might need some movement. This anchor is really huge in providing for our own inner needs, really checking in on our capacity and pausing before reacting, choosing to respond and not react, and choosing self-agency and self-responsibility over projections or blame or seeking others, seeking something external for that sense of safety. And number four, the fourth thing that we can look at to increase or nurture our own sense of inner safety is this awareness that triggers are our teachers. Triggers are not something to push away, to hate, to shun, to be annoyed by but triggers are some of our greatest teachers. But first, what is a trigger? A trigger is 
rarely about the other person. It's rarely about the external world. And it has something to do with a past pain that already exists within us that has been triggered by an external cue. So if you think about that analogy of a trigger, a trigger is just something that's pulled. And what explodes is already something that's loaded. So our bodies, our inner system is already loaded with a past experience or past experiences that has caused us pain. It could be from childhood, it can be from our younger years, but whatever it is that has triggered us, it's a pain that we've already experienced from the past and a current event is just mirroring to us something similar that has caused that past pain within us. So whenever we feel that trigger, whenever something happens that gets us into that state of dysregulation, to that state when our bodies are flooded with electricity, flooded with huge emotions, it's really an invitation for self-inquiry to look at, okay, what event from the past does this echo? Have I experienced this event before? Have I experienced this hurt before? And what is my earliest memory of it? Now, this is not something that I recommend that you do on your own if you don't feel ready. Again, when you're establishing inner safety, you make the call of when you're ready for these sorts of things. And this is when it's useful to have someone who is a licensed therapist, uh, you know, a support person to help support you as you move through and look back on your triggers. But what's really important with triggers that you can do for yourself when you're ready is less noticing the story and more understanding that, okay, this has come from my past. I've felt this before. Now, where am I feeling this in my body? Am I feeling this in my chest? Am I feeling this in my gut? Do I feel like I've been punched in the gut? Do I feel this in my head and am I going into mind loops? Getting to know how our triggers affect us physically and noticing where in our bodies is getting affected will help us love this part of us, you know. Okay, there's a part of me that's hurting. That need, that love. Okay, I'm going to provide for that need. Whenever we're dysregulated, whenever we're triggered, it's really not the time to go into our minds to analyze because when you're dysregulated your mind will just go into storytelling it will go into stories unhelpful stories whenever you're triggered it is not the time to go into your mind and to fall into storytelling because this is the way that our minds protect us from pain it is our way of dissociating from our bodies when our minds start moving into, falling into its stories. I'm not saying we're not going to analyze later on, but the mind is helpful in terms of analysis, in terms of planning, when you are regulated. When you're in a state of dysregulation, when you're in a highly trauma-activated state, when you're triggered in that way, now is not the time to analyze what's happening. Now is the time to be aware of your body and to give yourself that acceptance, that love, almost welcoming this part of you. Like, okay, I know you're hurting. 
I'm here for you. It's okay. I'm here. I'm not going away. Uncomfortable sensation. It's okay. You can be here. I'm not going to push you away. This is where the practice of body awareness comes in. When we can establish that capacity to be aware of our bodies. When things happen that make us go into a dysregulated stage, we can increase our capacity to be with it, to feel it, and to let it move through us. And it could take its time, and that's okay. But having that acceptance that this is just a sensation that's happening in this present moment, triggered by an external event that has an echo of the past pain that I've experienced. But in the here and now, all I have is this sensation in my body, and I can be with it. I have the capacity to be with it. And what you'll notice is if you don't go into a mind loop, if you don't go into the stories of what it's telling you, and instead you just have your awareness of the texture, the speed, the sensation of that electricity moving through your body, what you'll notice over time is that it just moves through you. It doesn't stay for long. It doesn't stay as long as if you've gone into a mind loop of a story. Now that's a different story if you've gone into a mind loop of an interpretation, a story of what's happening. That's when that dysregulated state could take longer in your system. Again, the emotional side of us, the egoic side of us, just wants to be seen and heard, loved and accepted. That sensation is just looking for your witnessing, for your acceptance, for you to listen to it, for you to love it, and then it'll move through. And then once you're regulated, when you're calm, again, if you've provided for your needs, if you're fed, if you're watered, then you can analyze. Then you can think about things. Okay, I think this reminds me of when I was in school and I was shamed by that teacher. That was the first time I've felt that flooding of electricity when I felt frozen. This has an echo of that. This current event has an echo of that. This is the first time I've felt this. And again, you don't need to go into that analysis on your own if you don't feel ready. Again, you need to establish your own inner safety first and foremost. If it doesn't feel safe to do so, if you need an external professional to do this for you, absolutely seek that support. But you will know the cues within your body if you're strong enough to look back. And you will only know that when you practice the first three. Capacity needs body awareness. I think the really important thing to remember is that this world at the moment, because of all of the crises that we are going through collectively, almost everyone is extra triggered. And being triggered is not necessarily a bad thing, it's actually a good thing, in the sense that it is an invitation to finally heal what has caused that trigger from our past. It is an invitation for awareness. The hurt that we carry, we have the capacity, the agency, and the sovereignty to take care of our own little realm within us. 
We have our own inner resources to take care of our own inner landscape. Our triggers are some of our greatest teachers because it's an invitation for more self-compassion and self-awareness. And once we practice more of it, that trigger can be turned into wisdom, grace for ourselves, grace for others, compassion for ourselves, compassion for others. And it could also teach us what's really okay with us, what's not really okay with us, and to act accordingly. This is when we get to know what our true boundaries are, what our true values are, and providing for ourselves our own needs and not needing others to change so we can feel regulated, so we can feel safe. So these are the four ways we can establish inner safety from within ourselves, from within our inner landscape. And again, these are just starting points. There are many ways we can do this. And again, as always, you are the authority on you. All of these are just a buffet of options that you can pick and choose if it resonates within your inner being or if it doesn't. If anything that I've said doesn't feel right for you, just let it go. It doesn't work for you. It's not for you. That's okay. And if it resonates, I'm glad it's helpful. And with that process of self-inquiry, you will increase that capacity to know what's really right for you and what's really not right for you. And I think if there's one tip that I'd finish off with this episode, it's really approaching this process with curiosity and not fear. Really just being curious. It is a beautiful process of getting to know your inner landscape, getting to know yourself, and building yourself an inner sanctuary, an inner haven that you can come home to whenever you need it. And that is beautiful. And that's something that you will always have as you move through life. And will keep generating even more and more for you, more energy, more capacity, more clarity. It just keeps giving and giving for you. And once you've provided that inner safety for yourself, it's much easier to create a safer space for others. It's much easier to create safety externally in your relationships. So I hope this was helpful and have a wonderful day or night whenever you're listening to this and I'll catch you very soon. Hi, I would like to invite you to the new Inner Landscapes collection, original meditative paintings available now on the website at dreamsofsource.com. If you enjoyed this episode, like, subscribe, or share it with someone who you feel could be supported by this episode too. And if this feels right, I would really appreciate it if you leave a review on your favorite podcasting app so that this episode and all of these other episodes can reach those who need it too. And I invite you to dreamsofsource.com where you'll find courses, free downloadable workbooks, and original paintings to help add calm, beauty, and healing in your sacred space.